This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles, on the Rockstar Radio Network. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, top of the day to all of you. And we're going to spend the whole hour talking about a topic that is just critical for your success, for your success as an author, for your success with your book. And we're talking about the platform, the author and book platform. So I'm actually going to be doing the entire half hour as we open this up myself, since this is so one of the things that's near and dear to my heart. I work and coach authors through this on an ongoing basis with every book shepherding client I have is we have to look closely at what their platform is. And if they don't know, we're going to doggone develop it as we evolve and create their book. So we're going to look at this and uh, look at the components that bring it together. And then the, the second half hour, I'm going to bring on Dr. Lynn Hellerstein, who came into my offices with what she thought was her book. Um, it was a good go. It was a good draft, a very rough, 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 rough draft. And the book evolved and it developed. And her first book signing sold roughly 900 books. Do you know the average author only sells 500? Her first book signing sold 900 books. And we're going to show you how she did it. And it came from her platform. So what is this thing called a platform? And what happens is that when most people get talking about the platform, they think it's your tribe, your crowd, who follows you, who knows you, um, how are the reader, the book buyer come to find you. That is a component, but it's not the beginning of the platform. The platform Thinking of it as you can think of it as a three-legged stool with an appendage. You can think of it more as a funnel, which I kind of like to look at in that process. And so when I bring it together, I'm talking, telling you to kind of picture this. You've got an idea, an idea for a book that maybe has been rejected by every major publisher, a book that contains extensive research and interviews. You can feel it in every bone of your body. You know it's a breakout. You know it's big. You know it's going to be a leap in your speaking career or your authoring career, your expertise career, your credibility career. It's got the potential of maybe a bestseller. And you ask yourself, after all these rejections, do you scrap it or do you keep pushing because in your heart of hearts, you know it's big? Well, I'm going to tell you, you push it. You create it. And I'm going to walk you through one of my platforms. Now, I didn't know it was my platform. I didn't know it was going to become my passion. I didn't know I was going to spend mega years in the evolution and the development as I kept tunneling and tunneling and funneling everything down. But I want you to take you back to 1986. I went through a, an embezzlement. I had a partner. 
good friend, a woman, steal $500,000, an embezzlement that hit me personally, big time, and professionally. By the time it was over, I lost in excess of a million dollars. I lost my house. I lost my cars. I lost a business. I lost credibility. I lost frickin' everything. It's amazing my family and I were able to stay in attack. We ended up living in a garage, can you believe, for six months as we regrounded, we rerouted, and we put it back together. What my partner did was steal money from an investment that I had put together and recommended to other people. I had to step in and learn how to fix it, to run it, to create it. And I always tell people, God did not put me on this earth to be a hotel operator, but that's what I did. I went back to school to learn how to fix it, to run it, to recreate it, and to eventually sell it, that I was able to pay every creditor a hundred cents on the dollar. So what happened in that when she stole the money from it? And, 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 and what I always say is that she took on a partner I knew nothing about. It was called cocaine. And the money just disappeared. Now, the bank said, why don't you just write a check and cover it? She stole the money from a line of credit I had created and personally guaranteed. Why don't you just write a check and just cover it? Well, let me tell you, I could have written a check, but let me tell you how high it would bounce all over the place. So what we did is we started putting together, and I went back to school, and my dissertation was on ethics. Do women undermine other women? And from that, I created a book. And that book was rejected by every major publisher. And what I didn't realize, I was holding a mirror up in front of them. Because in effect, in publishing a female-dominated environment, women undermine women right and left. I was holding the mirror up. I had to go to an alternate source. I went to a very small press and we started that rate. We sold it. The book ended up with a four-page spread, a cover story on People Magazine, in Time, in, in Newsweek, the Wall Street Journal. Oh my God, I even made the National Enquirer. That was beginning of what I didn't know at that time, a platform. So the author's platform consists of three key areas. It has to have a vision. I saw it as big. Now, when I talk to women in general, they would say, oh, for God's sakes, Judith, don't talk about this. Don't give them, them being men, um, more information to use against us in the workplace. And the other half would say, you know, we need to get this out under the mat, on the table, and talk about it and deal with it so we don't continue it. I went with that group and I thought, okay, I identified the problem and my premise of putting together any book as in the nonfiction arena is what's the problem, what's the cause, what's the effect, and what's the solution. I, I identified the problem, I knew what the effect was, and, and I knew what the cause factors were, and, and by golly, in my first book called Woman to Woman from Sabotage to Support on the topic, I had the solutions, and I thought that was it. What I didn't know is that I had created a very long-term vision because it was the breadth of this issue was huge. And I had deep passion. I mean, I had, I, my, I had been affected. I mean, I'd lost a lot of money. I'd lost everything. I lost my health in the middle of it. I got cancer, I'm sure, from the stress. You see, I used to imagine my former partner driving down the street and blowing up. I mean, I saw flames hundreds of feet in the air. Stress made me sick. And my 19-year-old son died in the middle of all of this going on. I mean, it was an awful, 
awful time in my life. So that passion got ignited. Now, my former partner certainly didn't cause Frank, my son, dying, but all of it was mingled together. So what I did is that I had this vision of going out into the corporate workplace. I thought that surely corporate America would want to deal with this because, you see, my background came together and that it had... um, Financial. I, you know, I wrote money books. I did money workshops for women. And you see, I thought that was my path. Nah, it's not. This totally diverted. This became the major detour, which became the new vision and a new path. Because you see, I could do the money crunching side of it and figure out when you have toxic behavior in your workplace, this is what it costs. This is what your productivity goes down. This is what the turnover effects are. And I went out to the corporate marketplace and say, listen, I've got some workshops that we could do that will increase your productivity and reduce your turnover, thus creating significant revenues. Would you be interested in talking? Absolutely, they said. Well, it's about women undermining women. It's about gender harassment. Oh, we can't do anything like that. We can't do any trainings like that because people, women, will think we're sexist. Well, you know, tail between my legs, I thought I had a great idea, but it was called the wrong fit. And what authors need to understand in developing their vision, or they've got this passion fueling it, is that they have to understand is who's their market. Well, I knew women were my market. And it really didn't start gelling until I was speaking in Upper State, New York, Glens Falls, and several directors of nursing heard me speak on this topic and said, we need you. You need to do a study on us. And I said, but, you know, I've already done this huge national study. And they said, no, you need to do the study on us, health care. Well, I heard the message. I did the first study, which then led to several more studies through the years and several more books that I created specifically for healthcare. If you worked in healthcare, if you were a nurse, you were 42% more likely to be undermined by a coworker. The turnover costs were huge. The replacement costs were huge. Patient safety was at risk. So then I took it and created this book from that led from woman to woman from sabotage support, and then it was woman to woman two thousand and looking at sabotage, becoming sabotage savvy in the new millennium, and then there was a book called Gender Traps, all with major publishers, and then. I created my own imprint and a book called Zapping Conflict in the Healthcare, of course, the Browse Report on Women in Healthcare, which was also published by a major publisher. Then I started getting smart. I started figuring out the money game. I started figuring out it really was important for me to be in control and the quality of what my books look like. So then Zapping Conflict came out in the healthcare workplace, followed by sabotage, how to deal with the pit bull skunks, snakes, scorpions, and slugs in the healthcare workplace. And then I was really in my element. The vision was there. Patient care, love nurses. I'm alive because of a nurse, because doctors kept screwing up and missing things. I was really dedicated. My passion was ignited. And what I did is I created those books that led into the field. And we're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. I'm going to give you those elements of how that happens and how you can develop your platform. So you need first the vision, 
You need the passion. And then here's the next part that's huge. And we'll come back with that as well. And it's called commitment. Commitment of your time. Commitment of your energy. And commitment of your money. What are you willing to invest in your book, in that vision, in that passion? What are you willing to invest in time? What do you invest in energy? What are you willing to invest in money? Because if you're not willing to commit and invest, we're going to run into a dead end. I'm Judith Bryles. We'll be right back. is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the rockstar radio network is there a book in you or another author you will show you how to create develop and publish your book without being good if you already have a book out You'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. AuthorU brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through AuthorU's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join AuthorU today through its website at AuthorU.org. Follow AuthorU on Twitter at AuthorU and on Facebook at AuthorU, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. AuthorU, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Every picture tells a story. And it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover. Nick Selinger and NZ Graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors, independent and traditional publishers for years. He has developed a reputation for excellent work, fast turnarounds, and best of all, affordable pricing. NZ Graphics also produces ebooks and book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evie Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival Award, and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303-985-4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. 
If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Always, uh, during each show, I love to bring one of our sponsors on, and WaveCloud is one of our newest and with us this morning with a hot tip for connecting the author to the reader community is Bill Van Orsdale, who is the Chief Marketing Officer with WaveCloud. Welcome, Bill. Hey, Judith. Thanks for having me back. You're my pleasure. So tell me, tell me, tell me what we can do very quickly in a couple of minutes to do that connecting. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I get asked by a lot of authors is, you know, I want to get started. I want to get my book out there. I don't have a lot of money to get started with. Of course, the money I do have, I want to spend for a good edit and a good cover design. Very, very important when you're launching your book. Um, but I don't want to do a short print run yet. I, I definitely want the ebook out there. But I also know that some of the reviewers and the bloggers that I'm going to ask to review my book, they would prefer a printed copy. Um, so here's my tip. I think that uh, we've taken a look at the Espresso book machine service and they're easy to find it's at ondemandbooks.com and this is a network of machines they're literally little xerox printers attached to a mini book binder that you can find in bookstores all over the world right now they've got i think almost 90 of them i think they'll double that that uh, penetration or that footprint this year to to uh to probably about 180 or so and it's a neat little service in that you can load your book into their network and if someone wants to come buy your book, they can either go to the bookstore or call the bookstore and order it. And the bookstore, in just a matter of minutes, can print out a good-looking printed version of your book. And you can order one, two, three, however many you need to meet the needs of your bloggers and reviewers or just have a, you know, a copy yourself. We think that's a pretty neat service. It's something we're going to be doing for authors and recommending to them as well. Oh, excellent. That sounds good. And, you know, I just got an announcement that one of the big bookstores, one of my favorite bookstores in the Pacific Northwest, Powell's, is bringing in an espresso machine into the bookstore. Absolutely. I've also heard that uh, Tattered Cover just got one. When you look, when you go to, to, to their website and you look at their map, which I think probably needs to be updated, you'll see that they have these installations all over the world. Many of them are at university bookstores, so yes. I find that interesting. Um, but it's, uh, I think it's a pretty good little service that's going to grow. Well, actually, it doesn't surprise me, Bill, that it's at a university because what they do is they're printing out textbooks and things very quickly, exactly. a little bit cheaper. Instead of spending 100, and 100 bucks now for some of these textbooks, you can get it for far less. Absolutely. So there you go. Well, thanks. Great tip. Look forward to having you again. Fantastic. Thank you, Judith. You're welcome. All right. So we're talking about um, the author platform. And some of the details that I wanted you to um, go through was how, how do you set that up? What, what's it kind of look like? And what I thought I'd do is I, I, I'd go through some of the things that I did with you. I've already given you a few hints um, of that, um, of where we had, and, and that's how it, it all started. And remember, we, we had the, I didn't know I had a vision or a passion about the topic. This is Women Undermining Women for this book that created so much. And I'm actually going to share some numbers. A lot of people are shy away. And, and I'm here to tell you, can you make a 
living on your books? Yes, you can. Can you make a living as an author? Yes, you can. And there are different components to coming through. It, it may just not be selling books. It could be being a consultant with the expertise that comes from your book. It could be from speaking at conferences or internal within organizations or different groups. It could be from selling books. Um, and, it, you know, it, another, it could be from being a spokesperson, um, a, a corporate spokesperson, because you never know what they're looking for. And interestingly, that because I went through that embezzlement, because I lost everything um, and resurrected myself, I got the attention of a major Fortune 100 company who was looking for a female, that was me, and was looking for someone who had already published, well, moi, I felt the bill again, who was looking for someone who had some speaking skills. Well, I could do that. And they were looking for someone who had gone through a rough time and come back. And I did that. So I'll tell you about how we came together and what we did. So I left the kind of money arena. I had my very first book came out in 1981. It was called The Woman's Guide to Financial Savvy. And um, St. Martin's Press published it. And it did quite well. And then what I didn't know as a brand new author, because I was just trying to get something out of my head, that uh, I, I was very clueless of what to do to really push a book. This book had three printings within just a very short period of time. Uh, and it went on. And I didn't realize that books bred more books. I didn't realize that a book could be very successful and lead to other things. So what the breeding started and more books came along and then I went through this thing called the embezzlement. I went through, uh, I had to go back to school to learn how to turn this around and out of that I went for my doctorate in business and out of that a book called Woman to Woman from Sabotage to Support was created. The genesis of that was my dissertation, Ethics, Do Women Undermine Other Women? And so a lot of that core, especially that literature review, got then morphed into um, unacademic verbiage, and that became a core part of the book. And then I had went out and did uh, interviews, and that became part of the book. Well, that book led to an, another book that led to another book. Um, and then Bristol Myers came and said, hello, how are you? And I became their spokesperson. And for three years, we had a three-year relationship where I was speaking all over Timbuktu. I was doing media interviews. They were paying me on a daily rate for that. They would underwrite some of the fees, um, and they would give out sampling. I was a spokesperson for Carrie Hand Lotion, which was an excellent lotion uh, for anybody and everybody, but women were their target. And from that, that led to another book. Uh, the book that came out of that, they underwrote the book. They did underwrote the study for that. They pre-bought books in what we would call in, in author land a premium area, so they pre-bought books. And, and from that, uh, we came and created a book called The Confidence Factor, which became my new passion and my new love because I think confidence is the core of it all. Then another book called Gender Traps was created. And when I did Gender Traps, there was a book that 
got birthed out of that because I knew the Knight's Trap, uh, which was Stop Stabbing Yourself in the Back, and this was a book written for women, was a book on it alone. And that's literally a book called Stop Stabbing Yourself in the Back came about. And then a, a publishing firm called Josie Bass came after me saying, hey, you ought to do a book for the healthcare arena because I was now speaking much more in healthcare. That's where the passion really got ignited because I really saw the effect of what my work and what my studies and what my, my speaking skills came to affect. And the, the Browse Report on Women in Healthcare came about, which then led to zapping conflict in the healthcare workplace. And the last one in that series, Stabotage, how to deal with the pit bulls, skunks, snakes, scorpions, and slugs in the healthcare workplace. So that all, that was the, the book arena. Now, from that, this is what I did. I spoke about my book and and brought that all together. And I spoke, you know, everywhere I could. Uh, I did National Nurses Week. I got something called the Hospital um, Blue Book and put that all together. I created postcards with specific sayings on the back and used those for my primary marketing tools. I contacted state and national nursing associations as well as hospitals. I created wacko buttons that, that everybody wanted. I even created a tool. And it was this carefunding script that that I had that that I didn't give away my tool on a bookmark. By golly, I sold it for five bucks and I put a purple tassel. Anyone who knows me knows I use purple on everything. I did a purple tassel and I put a ribbon around ten of them during special celebration weeks and I would sell ten at four dollars each. We sold thousands, thousands of them as we went. We put together packages with all my books together in a discount. Now, did I have misdirects? I'll tell you, my money background became my misdirect. Now, the financial side was important, but I moved on to other things. And what worked is I learned more about the publishing business, critical for any author. I learned how to divorce publishers and agents from my past. I started my own imprint called Mile High Press. I narrowed my speaking. This is the funnel, the finding the right energy genre, speaking niche. I pre-sold books. I sold books at gigs. I did surveys. I learned how to be an effective storyteller. I became a corporate spokesperson, and I understood the value of self-publicity. What didn't work was corporate speaking. I shared that. It didn't work with speaking bureaus. For whatever reason, I got great evaluations when the few sent me out, but geez, they didn't bring it back, so who knows about that. Um, selling in the traditional brick-and-mortar bookstore didn't become the thing, and book signing at bookstores where you average sell six books, that wasn't the thing. So we moved in the areas on that. What also didn't work is not saying no. So what I want to do is tell you about the numbers and how it came together. From <clears throat> 1987 to 1994, I will tell you, I accumulated over $700,000 in speaking fees. As a spokesperson, $200,000. My book sales from traditional royalties for New York were $105,000, and at gigs directly, $280,000. You see, the bills are starting to go off. I make more money selling them on my own at a bookstore. For a total during that period of seven years of a little bit over $1.2 million. Then from the 1995 to 1999 era, royalties from New York started to go climb, $47,000. I actually lost in excess of $84,000 from two publishers going belly up on me and not paying me. I had direct sales at book gigs for over $300,000, another $650,000 plus in speaking fees, and still $69,000 in spokesperson for another over a million. 
So, as we put it together, over during that time, I'm going to tell you, 25 years, over $4.3 million because I had my passion, I had my energy, I had my commitment, I knew who my market is. That's what your platform will do. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you with discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. Do you need postcards that make a statement? How about business cards, flyers, brochures, or NCR forms? TuVets is the solution for all your printing needs. Providing services specially designed for authors, we deliver exceptional quality colored printing. Most important of all, we specialize in reducing your printing costs. No more waiting. No more standing in lines at your local printer. Online proofing. With our pricing tools calculator, you can get instant quotes on all your printing products, as well as shipping rates all over the United States. Just a few clicks of the mouse and you're on the way to discovering how easy and convenient online color printing should be. Contact our friendly, human, account representatives. We recognize that you want answers, not voice prompts. Visit our website at www.tu-vets.com or call one 800 894-8977 Thompson Shore specializes in all books for big and small publishers. We're focused on pleasing our customers and creating beautiful, well-made books. When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed the best employees would make up the best company. They hired people who were not just experts in bookmaking and printing, but who were obsessed with quality. We can help you create buzz for your title when it's just in its infancy with a marketing kit. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. We are books. We're flexible to meet your needs and expectations. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, you'll be in the very capable hands of our customer service team who are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. Contact Dave Raymond at Thompson Shore. With Thompson Shore standards of excellence, you can be sure that you have the help to put your best book forward. Call 734-426-3939. That's 734-426-3939. Or visit our website at thompsonshore.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, 
so we've been talking about the platform. I went through how mine actually got started, um, that I didn't know I was going to go on, kind of like everything you, 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 you thought you should have known but you didn't know uh, scenario. And with me, the, for our final half hour, I have an amazing woman, and her name is Lynn Hellerstein, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein. She is a visionary pioneer, uh, a vision therapist, and she works with what she calls kiddos, but she is excellent in working with kids uh, in her extensive practice in based in Colorado. But she also works with athletes. She works with parents and working with their kids if they're, they're homework hiccups. So we'll talk about her, her book a little bit um, on what that goes into. But what Lynn has done with her expertise as a a visionary a vision therapist and a visionary therapist I'll say she created a book called see it say it do it and it's the teachers parents and teachers action guide to creating successful students and confident kids and from that actually another book was created that we didn't even see in the process of it she was one of my book shepherd clients that came to my office one day and what she didn't know that I had been one of her clients and patients after I had a fall and had some vision problems so with that, we're going to talk about her book. She's going to tell you about how it was created and moved on and tie it into what her platform was, maybe what she thought it was, and how it's evolved over the past two years. Welcome, Lynn. Hi. Thank you, Judith. So tell us about how See It, Say It, Do It came about. Well, it's really interesting. I'd been in private optometric practice for over 30 years. And in 2008, I had just given a, a full-day workshop on visualization, how to uh, teach kids and adults how to visualize better for success, for, for reading, for spelling, for sports. And it went over very well, lots of positive comments. And I vividly remembering saying, wow, there's such good stuff here, content. And there's no book like this. Somebody needs to write that down. But I know it's not going to be me because I really don't like to write. And uh, I just left it there. And it so happened about a month later, I happened to be at a uh, personal development course. And the speaker was talking about everyone has a book inside of them. Everyone has a book inside of them. And I'm thinking, nope, he's wrong. I have another speech. I don't have a book. Well, by the end of the, the conference, it hit me, oh, my gosh, I've got a book inside of me. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> and, get, uh, get it out. <laughs> well, you know, I'm the kind of person when it's in my head, it stays there until I get it out. So I decided, all right, I'm going to write a book. I called a friend to see who's published before, see if she'd co-write it with me. And she said, fine. And I said, I'll start it while you're on vacation. And over the uh, winter holiday, over December, uh, I basically wrote what I thought was the whole book, but it ended up being just the guts of the start of the book. And when I showed it to her, she said, it's clearly your book. And I said, great, now what do I do? She says, oh, well, you've just started this. You need to really spice it up and add more stories. And I'm thinking, I put out there what I thought was my book. I don't know what to do from here. So she recommended me to Judith. Um, she said she was a book shepherd, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't need any information about shepherding sheep or I didn't know what a book shepherd was. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> Lo and behold, um, Judith and I met. She totally understood um, my topic because our previous experience of working together it was just one of those, you know, funny things that happen. Um, 
when you put it out there. We set a goal that, um, and it, this was, now I found out this was kind of a crazy goal, but in nine months later, I was uh, scheduled to speak at our national conference on visualization, and it hit me, how can I not have my book ready by then? So it was really like giving birth, nine months of writing, preparing, um, going through the good times, the difficult times, the challenges, and one week before my conference where I spoke, lo and behold, the book was done. Um, the talk was was exciting, and without knowing how to sell, I've never marketed. I've always been in professional practice. We ended up selling close to 900 books in that weekend. Um, <laughs> to, start, to start off this process, I thought, man, this all happened. My daughter is a professional graphic designer. She had the website done on the day. And it's truly about when you put it out there and you believe in it, things just kind of show up and happen. It was, it was an amazing process um, to start. Well, and that the thing is, and going back to the author's platform, you you've always had the passion for what you do, so that was there, um, and you created the vision that you were going to have the book, and you're big into creating visions anyway and visualizing things, um, and so that came along, and and granted, we did have a few hiccups um, yeah. along the way, but one of the things that was important for Lynn in her her vision was that she had a very specific. Um, Endpoint that I need this book. I have this speech. Was it was it in October that we had the speech? October was the speech, right? Two thousand. Yeah, that you had this speech. So we had to work backwards to figure out when this book would be done, and and I knew that it had to be in it from the editing to in, from our layout to the editing, and it's it's not a it's not a book that has a whole bunch of words. There's a lot of visuals in here, and and I remember sitting in my office with you, Lynn, that we actually were cutting out, clipping these exercises to make sure that they worked. I remember you know. well. <laughs> <laughs> we, we wrote this book on trail mix and nuts, if I remember correctly. And um, as, as we went through with that, uh, then it could come together. So you had the vision, you had the passion, and, and you certainly had the commitment. So for when you got there in October, and we knew that we, the printer said, yes, we will deliver the book so she would have them, um, did, what did you expect to sell? Did you have any expectations when you went in to that meeting? I, you know, I've never done anything. I, I've written for journals, medical writing, and I mean, you just turn in the article, you never think anything of it later. So, for whatever reason, I ordered 5,000 without thinking that that's just what you do. I had no idea what I'd sell. I didn't even know really the marketing and selling piece of it, and I probably broke more rules than I did correctly. But I think the key was uh, this happened to be a group that I was past president and, and already had, um, you know, good rapport and, and uh, expertise in. And so that was an important piece that really boosted me to be able to go to that group as, as a starting point. Um, and then many of my colleagues that have similar kinds of vision therapy practices, I knew would buy multiple copies because I give many books away to teachers and parents and my referral sources. So I buy sometimes 100 books at a time for the holidays and then give them out as gifts. And I know some of my other colleagues. And so this is a hot topic in our field. It's a hot topic really in education and sports. So I, I sensed it might be that... Uh, you know, we could sell a lot, but I, I was shocked. I was, you know, very pleasantly surprised. 
pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Well, for an author, what you do is, uh, Lynn was, with her sales, she more than covered the cost of her printing, which is one of the big chunks that comes out for an author with that, and, and you do want to go for that. So, Lynn, what we want to do is uh, really kind of throw what happened after you sold those 900 books. So you've got that going, and then something else happened in your office because your staff was using the book, and they started creating a side a side deal to it, which became your organized book. So tell us about that. Sure. Uh, in my private practice, I have uh, several vision therapists, occupational therapists, and we usually see kids once a week and give them home therapy. And this has always been going on that we'll give the home therapy, it's like homework, 15, 20 minutes a night. The kids come back and go, Mom's too busy, we had too many things to do, we're not getting our homework done. And and that's been going on forever. And um, once we started with the see it, say it, do it, visualize, declare, and take action, we decided to apply it to homework activities, not just for vision therapy, but in general, doing their chores. And, you know, many parents would complain, I have a to-do list for my kid. He doesn't do it. I have to remind him. I'm tearing my hair out. Homework's not getting done. So to-do lists for most people don't work unless you create it for yourself. And the problem is the kids haven't bought in. It's not their list. It's the parents' list. So what we ended up doing is thinking about, well, what if we had them visualize? If they did their homework, how would they look? How would they be? And declare themselves, seeing their homework done, what would that be like? I'm great. I'm happy. And then do what's called organization charts, but it's like action plans for, for adults. And it's now their chart. And everybody thought that's a great idea. And we, we just started playing with it. And then two of my therapists, one in particular who disliked writing more than I did, was the occupational therapist, decided they wanted to write a book. And this was just a shock to me and to them because that was never of interest. But again, the passion, the importance was a calling for them. They overrode that with the vision and their declaration. And, you know, within about six months, we had a new uh, it's a workbook, and again, we got consulting, you know, from Judith just on some of the the layout and design. But basically, after the first book, we had a pretty good idea what we needed to do. Got it printed, and uh, that's now out, and we're using that all the time in uh, our vision therapy program. And a lot of parents and teachers now are using that as well. So that that's the second uh, book that's come out of this. And the good news is both these books are, are, have gone into second printings, and I know that you. You had shared that we you had made the cover very similar so there's the branding you talk about branding which I, I'd like to come back to we're going to move into a break here in just a sec but when we come back let's talk about the branding because if you look at see it say it do it and see it say it do it organize it that there's clearly a brand and Annie the graphic designer was very much involved with that I'm Judith Bryles you're listening to your guide to book publishing we'll be right back This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. 
You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need The Book Shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at My Book Shepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, we're back for our final segment with me with is Dr. Lynn Hillerstein. She's the author of See It, Say It, Do It and and Organize It. See It, Say It, Do It, Organize It. And I told her that I would love to have her share some of the hiccups that she ran into because let me tell you, the author road is not smooth um, as, a, as a glassy sea that we would love to think it is. And also some of the things that she is doing along the way um, in the development of the brand. So, Lynn, back to you. Hi, thank you. Well, I think, you know, I thought I'd write this book and, you know, boom. I, I was spoiled the first day it's out that I sold 900. Then it's like, now what do I do? And um, what I found out, that's just the start of this whole branding and platform situation. And so I tried a lot of things. And I'm the kind of person who just really wants to know what's out there. And there's so many things. You don't know if it's good, if it's bad. And I've purchased programs. Some worked out great. I did a webinar series to really start my email list, which is really critical in building your network. And, and you know, that worked well. But 
um, all the products and things I thought would come out of it didn't happen. Um, and so I, I think what I learned from there, it's just the start. And then to really uh, allow myself to be coached by, by different kinds of people with different kinds of specialties, um, learn that I didn't have to do it all by myself, that there's people out there, um, and it's really important to, to share a network to find those people that can help you. But, you know, what the branding has done is it ended up my website um, was developed, a newsletter, again, building my email list, all the social media, stuff I, stuff I never knew or really cared about at the time all of a sudden became important. And, and it was just an interesting process, and it still is, going through what's out there and what do I need next. And what's, what I would advise best thing for me is when I listen to the people that I have contact with. So many of the parents would say, I love your book. It works so great for my kids. Is it okay if I try a couple of those relaxation activities? And I'd say, well, of course. They said, well, it's a kid's book. I didn't know as an adult if I could do this. <laughs> yeah, and what I've learned is unless it's specific for your your niche, your population, even though the activity would be useful for anybody, they won't look at it. And let's face it, a lot of people don't don't read. I mean, that's the thing I'm in. They don't read much. And so now what I'm doing is repurposing some of these things and taking individual activities right out of my book, uh, putting them into newsletters and special blogs, things like that. And many of the people that have bought my book will go, wow, that's a great idea. Thanks. And I kind of like, you have it in your book. <laughs> you know. So repurposing and, and just getting information out. That's the challenge after the book. You there? I am. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I had a coughing jag. So I know. <laughs> you heard that. All right. So, all right. So, Lynn, with the with the webinars, you had a first little hiccup, but you you were talking about when we were off the air, you're going to do some other things. And how would you reshape that? Well, I think webinars are really important, and. Um, I'm now at the place that I think I understand how they work better, how to present better, looking at doing some joint webinars with people with you know, similar kind of platforms or interests. And, and the whole process of webinar has been slim, slimmed down, is much easier to do. So I think webinars... With the, with the shift in the webinars, you're doing some other things um, that branding explaining. I know that you're out uh, speaking to groups. How's that response? Are they pre-buying books? Are they buying books during the the program? Are they tied it in? Are they buying them for their offices if they're professionals? How's that working, then? What's going on now is um, it, it varies. When I speak at some of my professional optometric groups, they are pre-buying like 50 or 100 books and offering them to all their participants as a free gift, which is really very nice. Uh, some of the talks uh, will just have a table in the back of the room and sell. So it's quite variable. Um, I include it in uh, my vision therapy program, so many of my patients um, get a book as well. So, I, so it comes in all different directions as to uh, how the book's available and where it's sold. And, and in your it, within your office, it's my understanding that when you have new patients or new clients come in, whether they're little ones or some uh, the ones that have uh, gray hair, that they get a copy of your book as a, a new new client. Yes, actually, when they uh, 
Well, I know that when uh, I actually have uh, one of my other uh, author clients was in the office last night, and two of her relatives have now come in for vision therapy, and they, she said that they told her that they were so thrilled that you gave them a copy of your book. It's like a gift to them, and um, many of them have looked at it. They take it home. They can share it with the other people in the family that maybe weren't at the consult. They'll often then say, I'm going to take a copy of this to the schools, to my teachers, to my tutors, uh, so they understand what's going on and how to use some of these skills. So it's, it's really nice because the parents really feel it is a gift, and it is a gift to them, um, and it helps solidify what we're doing. Um, and so it's just taken off. And then we use the organized book in therapy as well so that uh, parents understand the whole process and have the materials ready for them. Which is terrific. So for our listeners, we have one more minute to wrap up here that they can get their books, certainly both of them, through Amazon.com, or they can go to your website. Which one should they go to to get a personalized copy? Well, personalized copy will only come through www.seeitsayit.com. Doit.com is my website. Terrific. Well, Lynn, any final thoughts you want to give us? What, what for the author is besides they've got to see it and they've got to say it and do it, which is perfect for the author platform. Any, any in the last 15 seconds you'd like to add? Uh, it, it is really and do it. You know, follow your heart, passion. Um, and it's really, and I'm finding out book it's about message and your true passion and and go for it and then when you believe in it it's just amazing what shows up for you to help you exactly thank you so much for being with us today thank you very much judith all right so next week here's what we're going to be talking about some very cool things um i'm going to have my special guest with beth uh and she has done a great book called upgrade to free the best and low-cost online tools and apps. So if you want to know how to scan your computer to find and delete those large files and how to alphabetize things and organize meetings and ID uh, which e-blast tools are best for you and what are the best business tools, boy, she has got absolutely everything that will make your online authoring and book life so great. I'm Dr. Judith Bryles. You're listening to your guide to book publishing. We'll see you next week. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.